Hello and welcome to this Teen Life program coming to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Today, Sister Becky Arunga will talk about exhort with purity during the Bible segment. Before that, we'll be having Savim Teshi talk about cancer caregivers. We also have great tunes that will be coming your way. Here's Victory Church Choir with the song, Nataka Nitembe. I'm glad that you're still keeping me company. Here's to this health segment by Msavi Mteshi. Welcome. Hello, listener. Welcome to our program, Health Nuggets. I'm your presenter, Musavi Muteshi. Our topic for today is on cancer caregivers. Are you caring for a loved one who is suffering from cancer? If so, 
You are a cancer caregiver. Women become cancer caregivers more often than men. Most are related to the person with the cancer, and most caregivers are older than age fifty-five. Studies have shown that caregivers can get some positive rewards from caring for a cancer patient. Rewards such as a sense of fulfilling an obligation, closeness with a cancer patient, and satisfaction. Despite these rewards, being a cancer caregiver is generally an activity associated with enormous stress. Caregivers play an important role in the management of cancer. They are expected to actively participate in making decisions concerning treatment, and once trained, they give many of the treatments that the patient needs. Caregiver optimism or pessimism influences both the quality of the patient's care as well as the likelihood of unnecessary and premature hospital admissions. Cancer caregivers often experience a rush of powerful emotions that may equal or even surpass those experienced by the patient. Like your loved one, you probably feel sadness, anger, grief, guilt, and loneliness. But as a caregiver, it is normal for you to put your own needs and feelings aside, not admitting to them, even if you feel overwhelmed. Your feelings of emotional distress may continue for up to a year after your cancer patient has completed their cancer treatments because of your fear for your loved one's future. One prospective study has identified that the distress of a cancer caregiver can interfere with patient care, resulting in as much as 63% decrease in the patient's five-year survival. Additionally, ignoring your own needs and feelings is not good for your health either. Factors that may predict the likelihood that you will develop emotional distress include such things as a strain in the relationship between you and the patient, poor communication patterns between you and the patient, a lack of support by others, and work overload. If marital strain predated the onset of cancer, you may give care grudgingly. And caregiving is time-consuming. It can lead you to feel significant social isolation. Emotional distress is also influenced by the patient stage of illness. Caregivers of patients at the end of life have been shown to feel significantly more distressed than caregivers of cancer patients who are in active curative treatment. They must deal with the patient's increasing limitations, the ever-increasing dependence of the patient, and the worsening symptoms of the disease. Research has suggested that caregiver stress. Expresses itself in a variety of ways, including feelings of anxiety, fatigue, and low self-esteem. Also, cumulative sleep disruption and fatigue is common among caregivers who are often on duty 24 hours a day, and inadequate rest or exercise often has the appearance of depression. Families incur financial costs from insurance deductibles, co-payments, and uncovered services such as transportation, home care, and lost wages. Their social costs include traveling to and from medical appointments, missing work, attending to patients who are hospitalized, time spent addressing insurance issues, and time spent at home during a patient's recovery. Emotional costs include disruptions of companionship, emotional support, conversation, and other forms of distraction. While the stress of cancer caregiving can be lessened by social support, financial security, and stability at work, caregivers usually find that the support they get in all of these areas decreases over time, while the financial, social, and emotional costs continue to increase. So, how can you, as a caregiver, a cancer caregiver, 
overcome the emotional toll that being a caregiver forces on you. Whatever you do, don't neglect yourself. Do things for yourself. Taking time for yourself can help you tolerate the emotional stress. Here are several actions that can help you in your struggle. Watch TV, call a friend, work on a hobby, or do anything else you find enjoyable. Taking even a few minutes for yourself will help. Also, be active. Playing with your children or pets, yard work or working in the garden are helpful, and even light exercise such as taking walks can make you feel less tired. Ask friends and family members to help with some patient care, giving you time to rest. Finally, maintain your faith in God. Maintaining a faith in God has been shown to lessen the stressful effects of caregiving. Spiritual spirituality can fortify you against your feelings of hopelessness, and it will help you derive meaning from the cancer experience. Studies have shown that patients and their caregivers have parallel spiritual tasks when it comes to dealing with cancer. They both must find meaning and hope despite the disease process, and they must find answers concerning the meaning of life. Higher levels of spirituality are associated with lower psychological distress and an improved feeling of well-being. Spirituality fortifies the caregiver against hopelessness, helps them derive meaning from the cancer experience, and provides a foundation for hope in the presence of suffering. I would like to say a word to those listening who are not currently giving care to a cancer patient, but who have a friend who is. Your caregiving friend is going through extraordinarily difficult times, both emotionally and physically. You may not realize just how much you can help them by caring for the patient for even a few hours to give your friend a rest and for just being there to emotionally support your friend. They are currently living through grief and a sense of loss. Do not offer to help them and then find reasons to excuse yourself when the time comes to help. Be there for them when they call. Health Nuggets is written by Dr. Richard Yukel, a medical doctor working in the United States. The medical views expressed in this program are his and may differ for your particular health needs. If you need medical advice, please consult a medical professional in your area. Thank you for listening. For those who just joined us, this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Do not forget to send us your views, comments, or suggestions about this program by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Kenya. You can also email us at awrnairobi at Like I promised, here's a song, Yes to Jangwani by Victory Church Choir.
It is now time to get a spiritual nourishment from Sister Becky Arunga. Be blessed. Our great God has afforded us an opportunity to be in His divine presence, and it is a privilege daily to walk by the Savior's side. Surely the Lord has made it possible for anyone who believes to be a partaker of the divine graces that abounds day by day. God's grace is sufficient not only to the righteous but also to the sinner because it is his grace that is a teacher compelling us all to forsake our life of sin and walk daily by the Savior's side. I am your sister in Christ, Becky Arunga. I invite us all to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we give thanks and praise unto your name for every good and every perfect gift that you have bestowed upon us. Thank you for your loving kindness and for your word of truth that is a guide unto our lives. Now, dear Lord, as we study your word, we pray that you may impress upon our minds by the gift of your Holy Spirit, that you may be able to know your truth that sets us free. Give us utmost concentration till we come to a close in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Beloved of God, I do not tire to remind us of the duty that God has called us amidst the chaos in the world. The duty that God desires that we all may come to a knowledge of that as we continue in our lives day by day, many shall know that surely the Lord is with us. The only reason why all this makes sense is because God loves us so much. Every Bible story is punctuated with the love of God. Every Bible story points to one thing, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, that because God loved the world so much, he did not desire the condemnation of the world, but he desired that the world through his son Jesus Christ may obtain salvation. But how sometimes we lightly regard the call God has given unto us is a pity that we cannot afford to just let it go. We need to speak highly of that which God has bestowed upon us and also apply ourselves entirely to the service of our master. We live in a situation where the walls of respect have been highly broken down. And essentially, we have a confused situation in our society where there is no longer respect between the young and the old, between the young amongst themselves, and even amongst the very elderly people. And where do we go to when we find the foundations of society shaken? The sure place to find guidance is chiefly in the word of God. 
And the word of God teaches us day by day that we may follow it and it gives us different life skills that are able to bail us out and to assist us in every situation that may come our way. The book of 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 1 and 2 reading forward tells us of the obligations and duties that we owe to each other in light of our Christian responsibility. As I make this statement while studying the Bible, we realize that many relationships have been broken down on account of lack of respect. Many church relationships have been severed because we have forsaken the testimony of God. But this is what God constantly is reminding us. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 5:1-2, "Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father; younger men as brothers." older women as mothers younger women as sisters with all purity now there is a standard that god is bringing to view at this particular instance god is telling us through the writings of paul that do not rebuke an older man but exhort him as a father that is to mean that where us an older man may be in error it is not proper to castigate them it is not proper to cast accusing and pointing fingers at them why because the accuser of all brethren is who is satan but god desires that we should exhort them as a father to mean that as we speak to them as we pointing out the mistake that might have happened we have our conversation laced with salt with respect and the honor that we give our parents as in even as the word of god says in his commandment that honor your father and mother that your days on earth may prosper that commandment that god through paul is trying to elevate it to apply not only to parents but also to elderly older people and so he says that do not rebuke an older man like do not accuse do not point fingers at do not castigate do not speak ill of but what should you do exhort him as a father now this is made against the backdrop of the doctrine of scripture of the things that God requires of us to meditate upon but how sad a state is in our churches and in our dwellings in whatever place we are in that many people have forsaken the wise counsel of the elderly and are now pointing fingers blaming them castigating them and shoving them left right and center that is not the spirit of a converted person a converted person as the word of god speaks tells us that we do not rebuke an older man but exhort him as a father in all purity that essentially shows that where us we are not condoning sin we actually pointing the older person to christ from whom all blessings flow we are pointing them to christ who is the sinless lamb of god we are pointing them to christ who gave up everything that you and i may obtain salvation Secondly it says younger men as brothers I mean when you are dealing with younger men amidst us the lord requires us that we deal with younger men as brothers just a situation of fostering the brotherly love that exists amongst us it is said that it is such a joy divine when we lean on the everlasting arms of god as a family and then later he says older women as mothers there is a thin thread 
that is running continuously in this exhortation. The fact that God is using filial relationships amongst people in their families to show how relationships amongst believers ought to be like. That God is essentially bringing the fact that the family is the first church and therefore anything that happens in the family according to the will of God ought to be replicated amongst all other believers. That's why the symbolism of the elder people as fathers, the younger men as brothers, and the older women as mothers, the younger women as sisters, this whole filial affection that comes to view goes forward or rather continually shows that the family of believers is one united under the banner of Christ because we can only stand up for Jesus in as much or as long as we lean continually on his everlasting arms. And so, beloved, I find no other better way to make us know this one thing. Many people speak of love as something that is just amorphous. Of course, it is intangible. But God is love, and love is of God. God has blessed us in our families. God has blessed us in our churches. But how many times we have allowed our relationships to break down because of our selfishness. God is calling us to an elevated point of view and is telling us, exhort the older man as a father, the younger man as a brother, the older woman as a mother, and the younger women as sisters with all purity. This will go a long way in fostering the Christian relationships amongst us. Even as we join hands together in making known the gospel of Christ, in joyful hope we wait for his soon return. And so I beseech you, if there be anything that is in your heart that has been preventing you from living up the standard that God has set before us, seek him earnestly in prayer. He will forgive if only you believe. So this day, I point you to a Savior who has died and is risen again and is more than willing to fulfill the desires of your heart by forgiving you, if only you believe. Let us pray. Thank you, everlasting Father. It is indeed a reminder that is so timely at such a time as this when relationships have broken down. God, we pray that you may guide us, lead us, comfort us, and may we experience the joy of salvation that is found in you. Glory and honor be unto your name, O blessed Redeemer. For this I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for finding time to be with us. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe. Till we meet again, goodbye. hope that you've been blessed just like I was. Unfortunately, we have come to the end of our show for today. Feel free to give your views, comments, or questions about the program by writing to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 42276-CODE-00100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Have a blessed and fruitful day. As you continue to listen to other shows, be sure to join us tomorrow. I've been a host, friend, and presenter, Samuel Mangi. Yeah.